Hot and Healthy podcast is presented to you by me, Nicole Van Hattem, holistic success coach and best-selling author, and brought to you by the Ginger Camel Media Network. Turn up the volume as we bring you the people and practices that power you to think, eat, thrive. Welcome to another episode of Hot and Healthy, and today we have Andrea Beeman, who has been in my life for many years in the form of a fantastic DVD that she put together for the school that we both studied at, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. It's a tool that I use with all of my clients to help them to understand how to set up their kitchen, how to choose the right food, and how to make some amazing recipes. So get in touch with me, and I'll get you a copy of that fabulous DVD. Now, Andrea Beeman is a nationally renowned holistic health coach, a natural foods chef, which if you watch the DVD, you find out all about it, and a thyroid expert. She teaches worldwide using natural healing approach, and she was voted by greatest.com as one of the top 100 most influential health and fitness experts. She was featured a featured contestant on Bravo's hit reality TV show, Top Chef, season one, And she's regularly featured on food and health uh, slots on CBS News and is the host of the award-nominated Fed Up. Andrew is an inspirational keynote speaker and teaches fun cooking classes and health seminars to a wide base of clients. She's also the creator of Nourishing Thyroid Health, an extensive online program for people seeking to heal their thyroid conditions naturally. Andrew's fourth book, Happy Healthy Thyroid is releasing in spring of this year, and I encourage you all, if you can, to get an advance copy. So before I take up half the show describing Andrew, I want to say, hi, Andrew. Welcome to the show. Hello. I'm very happy to be here. And I'm delighted that I get a chance. Happy Thyroid. Yeah. Hot and healthy (laughs) thyroid. (laughs) Um, I'm really excited because having done uh, the, the, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition course, you're somebody who has been in my awareness for a very long time. And whenever I speak to anybody in our profession, they mention your name. So I feel quite excited and very grateful. So thank you so much for saying yes for coming on the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. I really appreciate it. And I know that your story is a really important message for the listeners and they're going to learn a great deal from both your experience and also your knowledge and expertise. So I wanted to to take the time during this particular episode to talk about thyroid health. We also asked some of our listeners to send us messages with specific questions that they would like us to answer, so we'll cover those as well. And uh, let's get started. So can you tell us a little bit about your personal story? Yeah, when I was 28 years old, I was diagnosed with hyperthyroid plus I had a goiter. Uh, So I had a large, you know, if you've ever seen what a goiter looks like, it's a swollen uh, neck, right? So that's that's what that's what my friends used to call me the neck. Here comes the neck. I'd walk in the room, my neck would come first. Wow. And um, and I was chronically sick at that time. I was, you know, like my immune system was crashing all over the place. My my nails were brittle and splitting. I'd have to go get them wrapped all the time. My hair was splitting and and a lot coming out in clumps. And I gone to the doctor. I think because my immune system crashed again, you know, mm. <laughs> I was like suffering with another something or other. And the doctor said, listen, your thyroid, you have thyroid disease. And, uh, and she said, you're going to have to take radioactive iodine to destroy your thyroid and then be on synthroid for the rest of your life. And, um, and I said, you know, like when she said radioactive iodine, you know, I just remember 
uh, watching my mom go through radiation and chemotherapy with cancer, breast cancer that had come back. And, and I said, woo, you know, like all these red flags popped up. And I said, no, no, I'm not going to do radioactive anything anywhere near my body. Uh, I saw, you know, what radiation does to the human body. Uh, that's not for me. And the doctor says, you got to take this medication. And I said, no, I think I need to, I think I need to change my diet and my lifestyle because it's really crappy. And the doctor said, you know, this was like 20 years ago. And the doctor said, your lifestyle has, you know, your diet and your lifestyle has nothing to do with your thyroid condition. And, and I said, well, I understand that you understand that, but I'm going to try and change my diet and my lifestyle first before committing to destroying my thyroid and then being on medication for the rest of my life. I said, I think that's going to be my last resort, not my first resort. So I left the doctor's office and I radically changed my diet. You know, I used to drink like coffee, three or four cups of coffee a day with sugar and stimulants because I was exhausted. I'm, I'm going, oh, I just had a coffee before we started recording this. So that's a good reminder <laughs> yeah, for me. I'm saying coffee is bad. It's not. But I was using coffee as a substance to increase my energy because I was wiped out. Right. You know, and if I'm wiped out like that, what's happening inside my body? It's breaking down. It can't keep up. So... You know, like I, I was drinking all this coffee and stimulants and chemical sweeteners and crap food. You know, I was afraid of fat. I was afraid of real food. I was eating all non-food items, you know, like um, sugar-free this and fat-free that and diet this. You know, it was all, everything was related to a diet because I was a chronic dieter from the time that I was like 13 or 14 years old. And, um, and I left that doctor's office and I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm going right to natural foods, changing everything. And literally transformed my diet overnight to like whole grains, vegetables, beans, sea vegetables, fish, fruits, nuts, seeds, you know, like food in its whole form. Um, and my body started changing. I started eating like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whole foods, like, right? <laughs> like real food. And within the first four months, Boom, like that, I dropped 18 pounds. And I was like, oh my God, this is a miracle. <laughs> you know, because I had been chronically dieting since I was 13 years old, yeah. you know, and, and I would gain, lose the weight and gain the weight, and lose the weight and gain the weight. And this, this was eating food and losing weight without being on a diet. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> so I went back to the doctor four months later and she took my blood work and she said, well, she goes, your thyroid levels are definitely changing. She goes, but it's still not normal. You have to take this medication. Mm. And I said, I get that that's what you've been taught, but my physical body is saying something completely different. And I said, I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing because I was feeling better than I had in years. I was going to the bathroom on a regular basis. I was sleeping through the night. You know, I wasn't getting up to urinate every 20 minutes. You know, which is a terrible, terrible Oof. thing. You know, you can't go into, your body can't heal if you're up all night, getting up all night, right? So my bladder and my kidneys were so weak that I was urinating all night long when I was drinking diet soda and all that crap that was destroying me. <laughs> and, um, and I just continued doing what I was doing. And every maybe four to five months, uh, I would go to see a new doctor. And... Um, and each time that I went to see a new doctor, I was given another diagnosis. First, I had hyperthyroid and goiter. Then I had Hashimoto's. Then I had um, uh, hypothyroid. And each time, like, my thyroid was swinging all over the place. It was hypo. It was hyper. It was Hashimoto's. It was, it was all over the place. And I just kept saying, 
Uh, thanks for the diagnosis of the new disease that I now have, but I really feel good. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And within two years, my thyroid became normal. And, and as you can see, I haven't had a goiter in 20 years. You have right? a the lovely, went away. Yeah, you have a lovely, lovely looking neck. Lovely <laughs> <laughs> <The good> looking neck. <laughs> um, you know, so like the belief system that, you know, you need to destroy the body to heal it is, is certainly one belief, but it wasn't mm. mine. And um, I understand that that's what is being taught in the medical schools, but that's not the only answer. Mm. And my physical body said, well, there's another answer and here it is. And I've seen it happen over and over again with clients. And like you had mentioned my program, my thyroid program, all the time they come in and they say, my doctor says I can't get off the medication. My doctor says this is incurable. And this is only because that's what they've learned. That's what they've learned. But then within four months or six months, they're like, oh my God, my levels are normal in my blood. You know, like, oh my God, my goiter went away. You know, like they're shocked because I think that they are understanding that their body has a deep healing wisdom and a deep power that they didn't even know existed. So like for me, it took two years. I, you know, when, when I tell people about healing themselves, I always tell them, you have to be very patient. Mm with the human body. You know, like it's it's not like a, a sitcom. Like we have this sitcom mentality where everything's gotta be fixed in 20 minutes or at the end of the episode or in a two hour movie. That's not reality. Reality is that it took time for the disease to grow and it'll take time for the disease to go away. Your body has to start to function properly. And once it starts to function properly, it's like everything fits in because we're perfectly designed. Oh my gosh, the universe is brilliant. You know, created everything, right? Uh, birds, trees, flowers, butterflies, caterpillars, deer, the lions, human beings, we're all perfect, right? So and we function perfectly. Once we get into the right groove of what the body's supposed to have, what this body's supposed to do, it, it's like it's, it's an amazing machine. And I don't mean a machine in the robot fashion. It's an amazing machine that works when everything is, is properly in alignment. Right. And it takes time for that alignment to happen because we're so out of alignment. Mm. We're completely out of alignment. We're disconnected from nature. We're disconnected from our food supply. We're disconnection, disconnected from each other. Mm. We're disconnected from peace. We're disconnected from relaxation. Oh my gosh. Do you know how many people are stressed out just to live in the world these days? It's unbelievable. I understand that we need stress. There's always been stress. But I think that now more than ever, we're under this weird, bizarre stress that like it used to be, oh, there's a, a woolly mammoth and it's chasing me. I got to get the hell out of here. Right? Run. That's the stress factor, right? Now it's like from the morning, the moment you wake up, there's the woolly mammoth in the bedroom. There's the woolly mammoth in the subway system. There's a woolly mammoth at the office. There's the woolly mammoth. Right? We're under chronic stress. We, there's no way that we could be healthy and survive this. And uh, I, I think I answered the thyroid question. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just writing down, there's a, wool, there's a woolly mammoth in my bedroom. I'm going to put that down in the show notes. <laughs> like we're under this chronic stress. And what happens is a lot of times when people have a sensitive thyroid, like I had a sensitive thyroid from not being breastfed, uh, which is the first thing that will potentially knock out a thyroid and the digestive system and the endocrine system. Um, you know, like if, if your digestive system hasn't been nourished with the colostrum and the antibodies and everything that was handed down from generation to generation to generation to generation, right, to support the 
the, the growth of that little human being, well, then we're going to have higher rates of disease. So like, for example, children that haven't been breastfed across the board, higher rates of all diseases, cancer, diabetes, thyroid, you name it across the board. It's because the digestive system has been compromised from the get-go. It doesn't mean that you can't be healthy. Like, for example, like I said, I wasn't breastfed. And I've certainly had my fair share of digestive stuff, thyroid stuff, um, because I never got those initial antibodies and colostrum to help support my system and my immunity. But there are ways to, to heal the system as well. Um, so like, oh my gosh, there's so many things that we are so, like I said, we're disconnected. Mm. We're so disconnected. We're even disconnected from the way that the baby is brought into the world. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah, like like the women are, are created perfect. They have built-in baby bottles. Right? <laughs> and we say, no, don't dare drink that mother's milk. Or we used to say it in the 70s and the 80s. Don't drink that mother's milk. We made scientific formula that's better. It's not. It's not. We're not cleverer than nature or God or the universe. We're just not. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) So you said something really important that I really want to touch a bit more on. And when you went to the doctor initially, the doctor said, I need to give you this radioactive nastiness and destroy you in order to heal you. And you made this quick leap from junk food lifestyle in your mind to go, well, hang on a minute. Maybe I've had a hand in creating this imbalance. Maybe I can also have a hand in creating the balance. But most people wouldn't be sitting there in the doctor's office with this terrible diagnosis, with this quite extreme treatment that's being prescribed to them and make that jump. Where did that come from? Well, it came from the experience of watching my mom. So my mom in the 1980s had breast cancer. She had a lump. Um, you know, she had a pain in her arm for about a year and then they found a lump, but they said, oh no, it's not cancer. Don't worry about it. And then a year later, they're like, oh yeah, it is cancer. So she had what was called a radical mastectomy at that time. And that was literally, they took your breast, all of the tissue right down to underneath your rib cage and all of your lymph nodes Mm. gone. And you know, like after five years, and then she had radiation treatments and all that stuff. And then after five years of this, you know, radical mastectomy, they say you're cancer free. That that was the diagnosis back then. You make it beyond five years, you're cancer free. So an interesting thing happened 11 years after that. My mom fainted and she couldn't stand up and we took her to the hospital and the doctors said, oh, well, your breast cancer is now spread to your liver, your brain, your lungs, your bones. It was now everywhere throughout her entire system. And my dad was very smart. And he read an article from a doctor, um, uh, not Anthony Sotolaro, I forgot the doctor, Hugh Faulkner. It was a doctor that was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and he was given three months to live by his fellow doctors and he changed his diet and his lifestyle and he went macrobiotic which mm. is like grains and beans and vegetables and he lived 10 years which is fantastic you have a three-month diagnosis and you go to 10 years that's awesome mm. so my dad read that article and said hey when my mom's cancer came back for the second time he said listen let's try something alternative so we did we tried alternative we tried to incorporate the macrobiotic diet um, first, we went, of course, with radiation and chemotherapy and all that stuff to destroy the cancer again. But then we started to do like 
macrobiotics. And we even went up to the Cushy Institute. And in the one week of eating that specific type of food, I watched the color come back to my mom's cheeks and her lips and her eyes got bright and she had a little more energy. And I was like, oh, there must be something to eating real food and being in a different environment that helps to support the body. Now, my mom eventually died. She died about a year and a half after that. But it planted in me the seed. When my mom died, I said, if I ever get diagnosed with something, for me, I'm gonna try alternative first and anything radical, radiation, chemotherapy, not that I would even, it's not even on my radar, but that would be like the last, the last resort for me. So when I was sitting in the doctor's office and she said radioactive iodine for your thyroid, immediately I was like, no thanks. That's, that's just one option. It's one option that has been promoted to us for the past, I don't know, um, since allopathic medicine has risen to the forefront, they are the end all and be all of, of all things regarding health. And it's not necessarily true. It's only one way of looking at disease and illness, not every way. And, um, and so I said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna research and I'm gonna do my own studying and I'm gonna incorporate this other thing that I saw into my life and see what happens. Fantastic. So that, that inner guidance system. So there was the experience plus the inner, inner guidance system. And many people may start down that path of natural healing, but because it takes longer because you're working with the body's natural process, they get disheartened or fearful or they get overwhelmed with the bombardment of messages from uh, the media and well-meaning people in their lives who want them to go down that chemical medical uh, path. What would you say to them that would encourage them to keep having that inner dialogue with themselves to, to continue with that alternative and complementary or integrative approach to their self-healing? Well, I would tell them exactly that, that they have to have an inner dialogue with themselves. So there's going to be a bevy of people standing around them saying, oh, you should do this, or you should do that, or you should try this, or you should go alternative, or you should go radiation, chemotherapy. And it's about them getting in touch with their self, they are living inside their body, and saying, what is my body saying about this? For example, I had a, a, a young girl, she was 36 years old, she was diagnosed with um, breast cancer in both her breasts. And her mother kept saying, uh, you know, you have to get chemotherapy, you have to get chemotherapy, you have to get radiation, you have to do what the doctor says. And she kept telling her mom, she said, listen, I'm telling you right now that I feel that if I do chemotherapy, I'm going to die. And, you know, she came to me, both the mother and the daughter came to me and I said, listen, I said, she's got to listen to her physical body. If she believes that the chemotherapy is going to kill her, it's going to kill her because our thoughts are so powerful. If she was sitting there and she said, I believe that chemotherapy is going to heal me, it probably will heal her in some way. It'll cause apoptosis of the cell, which is the death of the cancer cell. It also causes apoptosis of all cells, yeah. you know, which is part of the problem. But, <laughs> You know, so we have to get to that inner guidance space where what is true for me, regardless of what this person is saying, regardless of what that person is saying, what in my heart and in my mind and in my soul is saying will be the best path for me. Because we're here, like I said, living inside this physical body. And if you look around, and I'm going to use nature as an example, you look around, the nature doesn't need 
you know, the, the doctor system to come and say, oh, you got to do this, you know. Oh, the, the baby bird has to be born. you got to crack open the egg and bring it out. No, right? <laughs> what happens when we crack open the egg and bring the baby bird out? The little baby bird dies. Yes. Oh, the phone is ringing. You want me to turn that off? <laughs> <laughs> Let it ring. It's quite cool. All right. If it's a client, I'll just turn it off <laughs> if you, you don't hear what they're saying. Well, Andrew, I can't go to the bathroom. <laughs> i got a stomachache. <laughs> Let it ring. Let's see what happens. Yeah, so like in nature, you look around and, and there is this this wisdom, right, of knowing what to do, what to eat, what to, uh, which way to go. Like even in the, like, uh, there's a guidance system. Hold on one second. Oh, there's great. a guidance system. <laughs> mm. For the listeners, she's just run off to go and switch the phone off because a client was ringing and leaving a great message. We want to make sure they've got privacy. <laughs> She's back. Okay, we're back. <laughs> um, you know, so like, like there is this knowing of of things to do, and we are so disconnected from our nature, mm. right? Even though we disconnected from nature, we're still a part of nature. So we've disconnected from nature that we don't know what to do. So I always tell people, take a step back, relax, take a breath. And even meditation, you know, even deep breathing and meditation will help to give them the guidance that they need of what is right for me, Mm. what will work for me, regardless of what everybody's saying. Mm. You know, Mm. like so many times, and I cannot tell you how often it is, because it is often, I'll either have a client or I'll get an email from, uh, you know, a student in one of my classes, and they say, they say, Andrea... I didn't want to get my thyroid taken out. They offered me thyroidectomy. I didn't want to get it taken out, but they convinced me to take it out. And they have guilt around that. They feel guilty. And I'm like, don't feel guilty. You, you know, it's like, it's almost like they're pressured into destroying their body, even though they're going against it. I said, the lesson that you take away from this is that moving forward, if somebody says, listen, gallbladder, you don't need a gallbladder, question it. Let me turn that off. <laughs> Just a second, everybody. She's going to go and turn off it. Oh, she's back. She's back. Okay. Another phone call. It's like a busy time. Everybody needs you. (laughs) Yeah. So you know, like, um, uh, even we're we're so quick to destroy the body that we don't give the body a chance, a fighting chance. Mm. You know, like remember I said in the eighties they used to do radical mastectomy, Mm. take out the lymph nodes. Do you know what the lymphatic system is? It's part of the immune system. It's, it's making it, all of your, your immune cells are traveling around through your lymphatic system and going to the places to help to break down the cells that are causing trouble, to, you know, to, to detoxify the body. I mean, like modern medicine is very short-sighted. And they have their place, and they are fantastic at certain things. Like, for example, if I go outside and I get hit by a car... Take me directly to the hospital. Mm. Don't stop in the health food store. Don't <laughs> take me to the herbalist, right? Don't take me to the shaman. Just take me right to the doctor, to the emergency room. That's where I want to go. But when it comes to disease, there's a growth pattern that happens. And when your body starts to function properly, the detoxification organs, your elimination, you're naturally going to start to discharge those cells that the body doesn't really want in there. You know, like, like there's a battle going on inside. It's the immune wars, right? 
the virus, the bacteria, the antigen comes in and the immune system goes, okay, let's go get them, fellas, right? So there's things that you can do to improve your immunity, boost your immunity so that your body can actually take care of this because it's, that's how it's designed. It's perfect design. It's like, okay, yes, something comes in. Well, let's start this process, right? You know, so there, there are times for modern medicine and there are times for deeper healing. And when it comes to things like thyroid disease, uh, cancer, this is, we're talking long-term healings. You know, anything that's going on in the endocrine system, this is a slow-moving system, mm. right? So we have to really be gentle and slow. And even like, for example, the doctor, Hugh Faulkner, who uh, had his pancreatic cancer for 10 years. Right. In modern medicine, he was given the diagnosis of three months, right? And he said, okay, I'm trying something else. You guys are giving me three months, trying something else. Ten years he lived. Mm, mm. That's fantastic. And he lived a good quality life, right? He wasn't throwing up every day in the toilet bowl, right? <laughs> you know, the hair was still on his head. Uh, you know, and because, you know, one of the things like, and I know I'm, I'm going off on chemotherapy and radiation, but you know, like one of the things is that when I, whenever I can walk down the street and I see like the people that are gaunt and pale and they've lost all of their hair, I know that they're going through cancer treatments. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like it's so damaging and so destructive. And now even with um, the thyroid more and more, you know, like they're having thyroid Thyroidectomies, like like back in the um, in the 1970s, I remember um, I was in the hospital because I had uh, broken my arm. I was seven years old, and I was in the hospital. And the the doctor, I woke up, and the doctor, oh, maybe it was when I had a concussion. It was either my concussion or a broken arm. I forget which one it was. And I woke up, and there's my mother and the doctor standing there looking at me and the doctor says, okay, I want to show you this, open your mouth. And I open my mouth and him and my mom look in and my tonsils at the time were bright red. They look like mushroom caps, like gigantic red mushroom caps. And he goes, listen, while she's in the hospital, we could take those tonsils out. Then she won't have a problem with sore throats anymore or anything like that. Mm. And my mom, God bless her soul, right? She died (laughs) way too young. She said, no, you can leave those tonsils right where they are. That's that's okay. And I don't know if it was because she was being thrifty. We didn't have enough money. <laughs> it was an extra thing. Um, or if she just intuitively knew that the tonsils being red like that, they just need to stay exactly where they were. And But back in the 70s, they were just pulling tonsils out of people's bodies. And now they know better. Right. They're like... You know, tonsillectomies were like, you'd come into the hospital with a, a broken arm and they'd be like, hey, you want a tonsillectomy? Right? <laughs> Two for you know, one. So it's, it's, it's crazy the way modern medicine is very young. They're very quick to cut, cut into the body, to destroy the body. And what was happening with my tonsils was I was a little sugar junkie at seven years old. I was eating frosted flakes every single day. I was eating those little watermelon candies all day long, you know, those Jolly Ranchers all day, blow pops. So my immune system was saying, stop, Mm. stop. And the tonsils were the first indicator from the immune system to stop. So now you have all of these people that don't have their tonsils anymore. Right now they're doing tonsillectomies very, very rarely. 
right? Very rare. They know that the tonsils are directly connected to the immune system. Mm. And same thing is happening with thyroidectomies. They're pulling out the thyroid. Oh, Hashimoto's? Goodbye thyroid. Mm. Oh, you have a little, little cancerous nodule? Goodbye thyroid, right? Taking it out completely without even thinking about what are the ramifications of what's going to happen to this person 20 years from now, 10 years from now, from not having a thyroid. Right. So there will be listeners yeah. who have tuned in because they're specifically interested in the thyroid issue, whether they have a health issue or someone in their family does. But there'll be people listening in who have absolutely no idea where it is in the body, what it looks like, what it does, and what the implications might be if it isn't there anymore. Can you share a little bit about that? Yes, I love the thyroid. The thyroid helped me uh, be who I am today, right? It helped me express myself. Right. The thyroid is located in your throat. It is, um, it's on the endocrine system. Your endocrine system, uh, this is the organs, I mean, the, the glandular system inside your body, that's your communication system, right? So you have your hypothalamus, pituitary, um, pineal gland, thyroid gland, thymus, pancreas, gonads, right? You have all these different glands uh, that are all communicating with each other via the bloodstream. They're sending out hormones. So the thyroid is your wake-up gland. It's the, um, hey, come on, wake up. We got to go. We got to get moving. We got we to gotta get this body going. We have to get this system going. We have to, you know, like it's, it's literally your wake up and your go to sleep plan, right? So when people are suffering with thyroid conditions, um, generally their sleep will be interrupted. They won't be able to uh, wake up. You can't wake up in the morning when you have like hypothyroid condition. You're just slogging, slogging out of the bed. Um, and hypothyroid is where the thyroid is producing too much hormone and hyper, uh, I mean, not enough hormone. Mm. And hyperthyroid is too much hormone. So hyper is too much and hypo is too little. So people with hyperthyroid, the tendency is toward heart palpitations, uh, excessive sweating, uh, very nervous, a lot of nervousness. And sometimes they'll get the Graves disease, the eye, you know, the... Graves and Hashimoto's, by the way, are autoimmune conditions that can lead to both hypo and hyper. So generally, what I've noticed uh, over the past 20 years working with people is that Graves and Hashimoto's are very much digestive related as opposed to like they take out the thyroid, right? They take out the thyroid, but it has nothing to do with the thyroid. It's that the digestive system isn't functioning well. So, you know, it's it's very short-sighted. So also, you know, your thyroid is is telling your body, hey, uh, let's get these let's get these hormones going right in the the case of the reproductive system. It also tells your body, listen, we need more sugar because the cells need sugar and glucose and oxygen. Right. So it, it tells your body, hey, listen, let's get some sugar going here. Right. Let's. And if you're not. Getting enough, if you don't have enough good quality glucose, you're going to be craving what? Sugar. Mm. Sugar and sweets all the time to get your body moving. That's one of the reasons why we crave it. So the thyroid is so important. And on a deeper level in, you know, the chakra system, your thyroid is your fifth chakra. And this is the ability to express. And the ability to express yourself in, when it's a healthy thyroid, you express yourself in a loving, normal, uh, wisdom graceful way when the thyroid is not healthy there's blame there's you did this to me right there's um i can't believe that you're gonna do you know it's a lot of blame is coming out of here a lot of pointing the fingers at other people uh in the case of like hashimoto's and hypo 
uh, it's actually blaming the self. Right. Oh, you suck. You're the bit worst person. You're stupid. You're never going to lose weight, right? This is what are we expressing to the world? What are we expressing to ourselves? That's the emotional and spiritual connection to the thyroid. So when when you said you know like your thyroid, tell me about your thyroid. My thyroid has helped me express so much. Oh my gosh. I remember when I was growing up, I used to swallow what I was thinking. I would swallow. I'd never let it. No wonder why I had a void or this mm. expanding thing. It was all s- swallowed thoughts and swallowed ideas and swallowed creativity. And swallow, you know, I'm not good enough. I can't possibly be this or be that, right? So now my thyroid's very healthy. And boy, do I express myself. <laughs> <laughs> and you do it so well. <laughs> So something that for you that's changed is obviously the is the physical experience of a healthy thyroid, yeah. And and also your your relationship with the world has changed because you healed your thyroid, and your career has changed, your lifestyle has changed. What you do, how you show up in the world, and how you contribute by being here is is shifted quite a lot. And anything else that's changed because you now have a great healthy thyroid. Oh my gosh, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Like, my whole life has changed. <laughs> you know, like, like everything. I, you know, I, I look at the world in a whole new way. And it's not just because of the thyroid, but it was because of my disease. And it was because of my mother's disease. You know, it was like this wake-up call that said, start to view the world in a different way. You know, like, there's a lot of illusion. A lot of illusion going on. Like, again, we feel disconnected from nature. Mm. We're you know, at war with each other. This, I, I feel, is, is the human illusion. Um, in, in the natural world, there's this cooperation that happens. Uh, you know, like the, the deer are grazing on the grass, the grass, you know, it's the lions are grazing on the deer, right? There's this cooperation that happens to keep everything functioning. But I don't feel that human beings are generally cooperating with each other. I think there's a lot of disharmony and a lack of peace because we're not cooperating with each other and we're not supporting each other and we're not um, helping each other in a bigger way. So my disease woke me up to a whole new way of looking at the world, mm. uh, a way in which, like, I know that that my time here is, is short, you know, like, mm. like literally, you know, I'm already 47 I, I could just remember it being seven years old, like three days ago, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it goes so fast. And because I know that, and because I've already had this, this closeness of death with my mom and with, you know, when you see people die and all that stuff, and with, with my own health, I know that if there's something that I want to do in this world, I have to do it now. And I have to do it while I'm in the body right now and not in the next life or in the afterlife or in the other life. Because, I, you know, I understand the concept of past lives and all that stuff. And I know that I've been here thousands of times, but I don't have any actual recollection of it. Right. <laughs> so, so I don't want to wait and say, oh, well, I'll get it on the next time around. No, I want to get everything that I can possibly do that calls to me and that I'm inspired by right now while I'm alive, right here on the planet, because this life is fleeting. You know, it's, it's literally so quick that we're in and we're out. And another great example is, you know, like what happened in um, downtown New York City, the uh, World Trade Center, you know, in, in 2001. And I live in a city where in like this, the whole city could be gone. 
you know, somebody drops one of those little smart bombs, which are not really smart. It wouldn't be such a smart thing to do. <laughs> Again, not operating. <laughs> but, you know, this city's only like uh, 10 miles long and three miles wide. So it's a little tiny, itty bitty city. So it can be gone very quickly. So knowing that, that, that every day is the opportunity to, to live this life to the utmost because I don't know if I'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be here at the end of the day. You know, like everything happens, like I said, so quick. Yeah. So make sure that you're in it. Make sure that you're really in it and you're really doing things that you love and that you want to do and that you're passionate about and things that, that bring your heart and your soul nourishment. You know, not just your belly, but your entire body, the emotional, the physical, the spiritual, the energetic, the whole thing that makes you who you are. Beautiful, beautiful. Completely agree with you. Now I'm gonna. I know that we're running short on time, and people did ask specific questions, and I do want to get to those. So some of the questions they were asking were people who have got um, hypothyroidism. One lady's got hypothyroidism, and she's got Hashimoto's disease. And she said, um, "Could she eat a raw diet? How would a raw diet fit into that?" Well, it depends. You know, like remember I was saying Hashimoto's is digestive related. Mm. You know, um, if she has inflammation in her gut. The raw diet would be great, right? Because it helps to calm inflammation. But if she has a leaky gut and that's what's leading to the inflammation, right. then the raw diet is actually not so good because it'll make that even weaker, right? Because right? the raw diet is fantastic. It's very cleansing. It pushes things through. It's, you know, like even when you're eating raw foods, you feel lighter, you feel fresh. But if she has a leaky gut, if she has a porous gut, then that raw foods will actually make that, that condition a little bit worse. So what she needs to do is tighten and tone the gut because it is Hashimoto's. So she's got to tighten and tone the gut and that can come from bone stocks, fish stock, deep nutrition to help seal some of that, you know, as well as uh, astringing herbs like black walnut hull, uh, witch hazel, right, to help tone up that gut. So, you know, so it all depends. Like you can't just pick one diet. You have mm. to say, well, what is going on inside my system mm. and what would be the best for that system? Right. And what's the combination of maybe there's a various, various different ways she needs to approach this. And it's going to be unique for her because she's a unique situation. She's a unique combination. Everything's unique. Yes. Aren't we? Isn't it great? <laughs> <laughs> Another lady has said, um, what is the best diet for hypothyroidism. So that's a little bit connected to the previous one. There's a bit of a theme here. She said, is it raw, vegetarian, vegan? And I know this particular lady has come through a very long journey from a, a standard diet with many um, health issues uh, as a result of that. She was actually a coaching client of mine for quite some time and came a long way. So now I think she's really exploring raw and vegetarian and vegan, that side of things. And her question is very, very much around hypothyroidism and what is the best diet. So in your opinion? Yeah, I have a couple of things. Mm. Uh, the first is with a raw diet, if she's going to continue to do raw, I wouldn't advise having the raw cruciferous vegetables, mm -hmm. meaning kale, broccoli, cauliflower, right? The cruciferous vegetables, which are now called the brassicaceae, they're no longer called cruciferous. The brassicaceae vegetable family, when you're eating them raw, they can actually inhibit the uptake of iodine into the thyroid cells. So, and especially if you, if you have an iodine deficient diet, if you're not eating sufficient amounts of iodine, if you are eating sufficient amounts of iodine, then you could probably not worry about that. But as far as veganism, 
Here's one thing that I found. With veganism, again, it's a fantastic cleanse. Oh my gosh, great. You're clearing out, you're giving the liver a break, gallbladder, kidneys, right? Doesn't have to worry about all those heavy proteins. But what happens is the endocrine system actually works on protein and cholesterol, right? This is how the endocrine system works. So what I found is generally a lot of people with hypothyroid have a tendency to eat more carbohydrates, and that includes vegetables. Vegetables and fruits are carbohydrates and less proteins and fats. And when that happens, then you won't be able to create the hormones on the endocrine system used to stimulate the thyroid. So the adrenals may become exhausted with a vegan diet if you don't have enough reserves. Um, I think that, like I said, vegan diet is great, but for short periods of time, not necessarily for a lifetime. You have to gauge, okay, am I feeling exhausted? Am I feeling wiped out? Because there's energy in food. There's different types of energy. And the type of energy that's in animal food is very strong. So people eating too much animal food, right? Raw, aggressive, thick bodies, right? <laughs> right? There's too much animal food, too much animal protein, animal fat. They could do raw diet for years and years and years, <laughs> right? They get healthy. But someone who may be frail, cold, in a state of deficiency, uh, then a vegan diet may not work. They actually may need more animal proteins, more animal fats um, to help build up their system, right? Again, it's balance, mm. right? Mm. The person who's hot and inflamed and blah, right? Less animal protein. <laughs> <laughs> and so when, you, when, you're talking, when you're talking about animal protein, um, I know that you're big into the whole foods. Uh, yeah. Here, particularly where I am at the moment in the Middle East, in the Gulf region, getting our hands on some good quality, very clean, organic, wild, any kind of flesh-based thing is extremely difficult. It tends to be um, intensively farmed or you don't know the history of it and, um, and, and or it was... Um, uh, provided for a very long way away, so in Australia or in Africa or even in South America, and then shipped over here and, and we have to do the best with what we've got. So in, in that kind of situation, would you be recommending that the person avoid the flesh food or try and... I would tell them to go and buy a chicken, right? <laughs> chicken, eat the eggs. <laughs> yeah, that's what we did. So the chicken's going to produce eggs all the time. <laughs> Don't eat the chicken, yeah. right? Because they lose that source of protein. But get some get some good quality eggs, you know, and find like more and more places, you'll find that there's more people going back to the land. So mm. like there could be a local person who's not necessarily a um, a farmer that has eggs down the road or in the next town or something like that that could share with you. Get to know them. Because there's a huge wave of people that are going back to more natural ways of eating, more, you know, like they don't, they don't want animals that have been abused. I wouldn't suggest, especially if you're on a soul level, right? On a soul level, if I eat animals or flesh or proteins or fats from animals that have been abused, I'm absorbing that energy on a very deep cellular level. Right. I believe that I am what I eat. Right, I know that there is an intricate absorption assimilation process that happens with everything that I eat, from the carrots and the sprouts to the eggs and the beef, everything. So I'm very careful about where I'm sourcing because I am absorbing that, that is becoming me. Now, there's also like, um, uh, you can also, when any food, no matter what you're eating, you can pr 
pray over it. You can um, put your energy, this food, no matter what it is, I'm going to absorb it on a deep level. It's going to nourish me. It's going to support me, almost like alchemy, right? You're going to transmute that ingredients to what you need. And then you just say, I'm going to discard what I don't need. I'm going to discard the waste. I'm going to discard the chemicals. I'm going to discard the uh, negative energy, right? Um, But anybody that's suffering with high stress, depression, or um, an agitated nervous system, I wouldn't eat any animals that are abused Mm. because you're absorbing that. It's going to, it's going to compound the, uh, you know, the reaction inside your body. So, yeah, you have to be careful. You definitely do. You do. And wherever you are, you're going to have to make some form of compromise unless you're living in an organic, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, heaven. (laughs) Here in the the Middle East, we actually got to the point where we created a three-bedroom apartment on our roof with an air conditioner for the five chickens and the one turkey that we that we were. Yes, that's great. Yes, and um, we were like the weirdos in the neighbourhood, and we didn't tell too many people. And we just recently are leaving the Middle East after being here for 17 years and 10 years in this house with these chickens. Okay, not the same chickens for 10 years, but we, we said, well, I, I just I can't eat these girls, and I, and I can't give them back to the, the animal yeah. place. So we found a school that wanted to connect the, the local school children with their food system, and so they've adopted our chickens and our turkey, and they just sent me a picture of the five eggs that they got from them. I was like, oh, that's so lovely. And actually, since we, because I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan, I'm, I'm very much, um, I, I do what works for my body and in whatever environment I'm in. But I found since I raised my own girls, I actually have eaten a very, very little amount of chicken. Because when you eyeball the animal and you feed them, I was feeding these girls and taking the scraps from my kitchen and thinking, oh, what special treat am I going to give them today? I didn't get too weird on the whole chicken thing, but I had a connection with them. And I watched them grow from chicks and I watched them lay their first egg and I ate their first egg. And when you're connected to the food system, as you were saying before, when you are connected, things flow much better. So having done this, and realizing the resources it takes to actually create that egg and to raise that chicken to um, an edible size is enormous. When I realized that, you know, the chickens I probably had been eating in the past were not healthy, happy, vibrant, natural, connected with, with the process, I, I just naturally didn't want to consume them and stopped consuming them. And then when somebody said to me, oh, you know, you can eat the chickens on your roof, I was like, Oh, no, that's just such a strange thing to suggest. (laughs) But I wouldn't have even questioned it if I hadn't raised my own chickens. So that's something that when we do set up our permanent residence somewhere, I will have a chicken coop and I will bring people so that they can be reconnected. Something you mentioned was disease and disconnect. There's a dis in both of those, dis-ease and disconnect. When we are disconnected, we are no longer at ease. If we want to be at ease, we need to reconnect in order to heal ourselves. So that, that was a great connection that I got out of this. And um, I just wanted to, if you can, can you give us maybe the top five ways that you can identify for yourself that you might have a thyroid challenge? Uh, yeah. First is um, chronic exhaustion. Um, you know, like I said, it's your wake-up gland. So if you wake up in the morning and you can't get going, Generally, it could be a low thyroid. It could be an underlying adrenal fatigue that's also there, which will contribute to thyroid. Um, Very dry skin. Um, 
you know, starting to gain weight for hypothyroid, they start to gain weight. They, they can't lose it no matter what diet they go on. Um, hair loss, lots of hair falling out. Um, you know, your hair falls out uh, naturally. Mm. But with, with thyroid disease, you're actually, your hair's falling out because of adrenal fatigue. Okay. Right. So, you know, that's a sign actually of adrenal fatigue, but it'll be like clumps coming out of your, your head. Um, so what did I give? How many? Ooh. I'll stop counting. Almost this. Dry Listen. eyes, you know, like dry eyes, you'll, you'll feel your eyes blinking, but they almost feel like there's little sandpaper in there. Mm, okay. So, yeah. They get dry. Um, Inability to digest fats could also be. How does that show up, inability to digest fat? Well, generally to show up in the dry skin because you're, mm. you know, like your, your body will utilize the fats and it'll make you nice and, and soft. Mm. But mm. if you can't digest the fats pro- properly, you'll have dry skin generally, dry, dry, dry all over the place. Mm. Great. And so is are the symptoms similar, except for the ones that you mentioned, between hypo and hyperthyroidism? Yeah, well, hyper heart palpitations, a lot of anxiety, mm. frenetic energy, um, but they'll still be exhausted as well because their body's on hyper. Gotcha. Right? So they, they're like, ah, and then they're like, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> and so what are your thoughts then on all the um, the medications that are being thrown at people at the moment? What would your suggestion be to the listeners who are, who are maybe currently taking them or are considering taking them? Well, there's a lot to take into consideration. For example, so many of the students and the clients that I have tell me that their doctors say, once you take this medication, you're going to be on it for life. And I'm a firm believer that if you have a thyroid, if the thyroid is still there, it has the ability to function and you don't need to be on a medication for the rest of your life. That's, that's a myth. That's a big myth. Now, you may feel better on the medications because what they do is with hyperthyroid, you're calming the body down. With hypothyroid, you're speeding the body up. Now, these both have uh, implications, pretty bad ones, actually, in the long term. So, for example, if you're hypo and you're always speeding the body up, you're actually going to deplete your reserves, right? Your body's exhausted for a reason. It's either not getting the nutrition that it needs, not getting the rest, it's not getting the deep nourishment, it's not getting the emotional support. Something's happening that the body's going... Oh, gosh, just please slow me down. Mm-hmm. Do I need a vacation? Right? Whatever it is. <laughs> so what the medication does is speeds up the thyroid so that you're in constant go, 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 go. And then you're going to deplete your internal reserves. So with a lot of the hypothyroid medications that are speeding up the body unnaturally, the tendency is toward adrenal fatigue five years down the road where they just can't even get out of bed. Um, there's also bone loss, hair loss. Right, because now they're losing their reserves internally, mm, right. and they feel complete depression will come. Um, with hyperthyroid, when they're slowing the body down unnaturally, right? This is a person that's under chronic stress, so they're never getting to the root cause of the stress. What's going mm. on? Am I kidney stress? My adrenals are stressed. My pancreas. What? What is stressed inside you, mm. causing all of this? Ah, right. Is my digestive system? So they never get to the root cause of the stress, which creates, as you know, stress deeper illnesses within the body. So a lot of times the hyperthyroid medications are linked with liver cancer, 
uh, liver disease. You have to look at all of those, you know, like the, the, the little tiny itty bitty print that you can't even read on the side of the box that nobody even looks at. That'll tell you what the medication can possibly do to you. You know, it's like those commercials that say, you know, oh, take this so you can be more vital and have a, you know, a, for, I guess those Viagra commercials, have more <laughs> energy to have sex with your person or whatever. And then in very fast on the commercial, it's like, oh, this medication can lead to heart attack and stroke and all that. <laughs> right? Like, right. You a heart on, but you could have a heart attack. <laughs> right? So we have to look at all of the, the factors and say, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to, if I have hypothyroid, am I going to keep unnaturally speeding up my thyroid or am I going to get to the root cause and say, what is going on with my body? Why is it slowing down? Do I need to slow down? Am I doing too much? And with hyperthyroid, it's, okay, why am I stressed out? Why am I on constant go? Do I need to meditate? Do I need to take it back a notch? Do I need to learn how to chill out and not be in everybody's face all the time? Mm -hmm. You know, like, so we have to look at what is going on. Do I need to, you know, I had so many hyperthyroid clients that continue to drink coffee. And I'm like, are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) They're like, I don't know why I have heart palpitations. I'm like, really? (laughs) I know. When you know the stuff, you start seeing things differently. And you, oh, yeah, it's amazing what people do to themselves. So we're running out of time. I wanted to ask you one last question because the show really is about holistic health and we've, we've definitely covered the holistic health ang- angle and about sustainable success because that's one of the reasons I created the show is not only to be surrounded and surround myself with amazing people like yourself who inspire and encourage me every day, um, but to make sure that m- more people are getting access to, to these stories and to this information and to the experts such as yourself um, is Really, what would you like to leave the audience with in terms of how they can create holistic health and sustainable success in their own lives? What message would Andrea like to leave with the listeners? I would like to get connected. Mm. Get connected, first and foremost, to themselves. Mm. Connect to themselves because they're actually living inside their body and their body's going to talk to them all the time. I'm tired, I'm achy, I need more nutrition, I need a break, give me a salad, right? Give me a ham sandwich, you know, maybe a cheeseburger, whatever it is. Their body's going to talk to them all the time. Get connected to their physical body, get connected to their emotional body, get connected to their energetic body, their spiritual body, get connected. Right. Right? And then once they get that connection, Wow, so much easier to connect with the world, right? Connect with the environment, connect with the chickens on the roof, <laughs> connect with right the people down the road, connect. So it becomes a much more, um, uh, a much nicer experience, I think. Absolutely. And then you have time and space and quiet to listen to that inner wisdom that guides you as it, as it did for you as well. So thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I've been looking forward to this episode since I've asked you and you said yes it's been fantastic it's been really exciting so thank you so much for coming on the show before we wrap up i really want to tell people how they can get access to you and i believe you have a new book coming out as well yes yes uh i have a new book it's called healthy happy thyroid the essential steps to healing and uh that'll be out um probably June, I want to say June, 2015 and uh oh wow it's coming up <laughs> very soon <laughs> and um and also you know, they could get 
any information on my website, www.andreabeeman.com. There's, there's blogs, there's recipes, there's information, there's a wealth of knowledge that you guys can sort through, you know, and, and, and take the good and leave the rest, right? <laughs> because, you know, remember what I said, get connected to yourself. So even if there's something that you don't like that I do or say, just leave it. Don't, don't take it. It's not for you. Absolutely. Right. If there's something that is there, then that absolutely, that's what you do. Great. And I really encourage all the listeners definitely go and, and connect with Andrea. She has so much to offer you. And if you are having any questions about thyroid, she's your go-to girl. And I want to just send a really big hug, a big virtual hug of love to everyone listening to the show and ask you to please share it with everybody that you know. We want to keep creating this amazing opportunity to amplify the voices of the people that have these amazing gifts, these amazing stories to share to help you to be hot and healthy in your own personal, unique way. And I'm looking forward to inviting you to the next show. So do tune in, make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes so that we can keep creating these great shows and do connect with me as well. Let me know how you're enjoying and if there's anybody else you'd like to hear from as well. Thank you again, Andrea. It's been an absolute treat having you on the show. Thank you so much. And I wish you every success with the new book and keep being amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You too. Thanks for listening and special thanks to our audio mastermind, Scott Houston, for mixing today's episode. You can find us at gingercamelmedianetwork.com forward slash hot and at nicolevanhadam.com.